You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody and welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i'm your host brent thomas thank you all for being here and being a part of what we're doing uh feel free to spread the word and let other people know about the paranormal portal and uh thank you to those of you who already have uh if you have experiences of your own that you'd like to share on the show i'd love to hear from you and you could potentially be a guest on the show so if you have some uh some experiences of your own please feel free to email paranormalportalradio at gmail.com and uh, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash paranormal portal. And uh, you can see Don and I uh, doing this <laughs> doing this live, so uh, which is always an, an unusual and, and hopefully fun experience. But uh, today, folks, we got a great show lined up for you. We've got Bobby from Kentucky coming on, and he's had a whole host of spiritual ghost uh, experiences. And he's here to talk about that, so I hope you guys are ready. Bobby, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here too, and uh, I'm really excited to talk to you because uh, in reading through your email, it's like you've <laughs> you've had some pretty wild experiences. Yeah, a pretty wide range. I've, I think I've experienced about everything a person can within reason. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it's how, it, how it always works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw that out there, and then something new lands in your lap. So, uh, but. Um, can I ask you, before you had your first experiences, what was your opinion about the paranormal? Were you always open-minded, or did you think that this was all a bunch of hooey, or how did that how did that start for you? Well, my the very first experience that I can remember, I was I was a really young child, mm-hmm. and honestly, uh, and I, I'm talking about four or five years old, and, I, and it never had. I never even really understood what was going on, and it the spiritual world really didn't exist for me at that age. Oh, sure, yeah. And yeah, basically, it was yeah, my my grandmother lived in her house just up the driveway from us, and it was an old house that was originally on a on a on a farm that that you slaves. Okay. And whenever my grandparents moved, bought the farm, moved into the house, of course, it's uh, it's years after the the slaves were all gone, and and it was about nineteen forty two or three, I guess. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather had been dead for some time, and I mean, this is forty years later in the early eighties, and I I wanted to spend the night with her so badly. I never understood why she always slept in her sitting room. Hmm. 
she had she had four bedrooms, one big enough that it could have been an entire house. Oh wow! But she, she slept in her sitting room, <laughs> and me, you know, little old me, I thought that was just the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so I was gonna, you know, be be a big boy and go spend the night with with Mama. And mm. she put me down on the on the to bed on the couch there, and she slept on their other couch and. I'm not sure what time of night it was, but what woke me up was this loud banging that I thought might be coming from upstairs. Mm-hmm. Well, whenever she laid me down, I remember she shut the hallway door going into the front part of the house, and the house had skeleton key locks on it. Oh, wow. Okay. She pulled this key off of a little piece of string around her neck and locked the hallway door. <laughs> and, I, and I asked her, I said, why did you do that? And she said, oh, I do it every night. Don't worry about that. Well, in the middle of the night, I hear this loud banging. And I raise up in the room, super dark. Mm-hmm. And I hear this scuffling. And then I hear this horrible rumbling coming down the stairs as somebody had rolled a, a big metal bin down the stairs. Oh, jeez. And then I hear someone running violently, running or sprinting as hard as they could go. And crash into that door in the hallway. Oh, man. I, could, I fully remember. I was up like a bolt of lightning, screaming and, and hollering. And, and she was. She woke up and she came over and she put her arms around me. And she said, don't worry about that. That happens every night. Wow. Well, it wasn't good enough. I, <laughs> she had to walk me home in the middle of the night. <laughs> I was ready to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Over the years, I, I'd try to spend the night with her again, and then my parents played it off. They, they did that thing that you, you you fully try to warn people not to do. They just dismissed my stories. <laughs> oh, he was just having a dream. Oh, no. Yeah. So I tried again, and the next time I tried the same thing over and over again, so I just quit trying to spend the night with her. And that was my first experience. Wow. Way to, way to baptism by fire there, huh? <laughs> But over the years, I mean, you walk by the front of the house, and it wasn't it, it, it wasn't a malicious thing, or you felt like the devil himself was staring at you through the window. Mm-hmm. But regardless of what we were doing, whether we walked down the driveway or walked over to her house, you always felt like someone was watching you through the window. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, it's just an old creepy house. I mean, that's what happened. Sure. But then years later, she uh, had some physical problems and came to live with us, and we would sneak into her house. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a house. The windows didn't lock, and it was just up the driveway from us. It, and we would just go in and explore those areas that she would never let us in. And Ooh. mostly it was just old junk from her my aunts and uncles where they had moved and moved stuff into her place and never come back to reclaim it and mm-hmm. whatnot. Okay. But, you know, you, we would go in there and pretend and we'd play around and stuff. And you'd always hear knocking on the wall. Hmm. Or you'd be upstairs and you'd hear a downstairs door slam shut. Wow. Or you'd downstairs and hear somebody walking around upstairs. <laughs> and we just, we just kind of laughed about it. We At first, we'd rush into that other part of the house and try to see what it was. And, of course, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. How, how old are you at this point? Uh, probably 12 or 13. Oh. Okay, sure. Okay. I mean, we just got used to dealing, to, to being around that sort of a thing. And it really wasn't, we just, we just really didn't think about it. It was there. We were there and we just made the best of it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's incredible. But uh, I come to understand that there is such a thing as a, the spiritual realm or dimension or world, or mm-hmm. there, there's a space where these things exist. Yes. And, um, you know, everyone has a different name for it, but it's, uh, whether it's a dimension reality, whatever it, it, it there's, there's a, a certain realm where these things exist and periodically the doors open and, and the two can interact. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's very accurate. I think that's very true. Um, and, and it makes you wonder, how. what are the circumstances then? But, wow, that's really intense, especially being so young and being raised around that. That's incredible. 
Well, it uh, we we had stuff happen in our home too, but ours, uh, my my dad had actually built it from the ground up himself, and mm-hmm. and it wasn't on any kind of <laughs> ancient burial ground or sure. or whatever. It was just out in the middle of the the, the pasture. Mm-hmm. Okay. where he built his house. <laughs> okay, but. Uh, we we planted corn and stuff. It was a working farm that we lived on, and we worked the farm, and it was probably 28 acres, nothing huge. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a common thing to be plowing the field with a tractor and hit a rock, and you get down off the tractor to move the rock, and you find part of a headstone oh. that you can't make out the name or whatever. And, and we would turn up bones that we were told were you know, animal bones, and we never really thought anything about it because we had a 20-acre field to plant in corn for that year. Sure. We just move the stuff and go on. Uh-huh. But we had stuff happen in our own home. Um, uh, one of the most more light things would be we would come back from church and uh, the stove burners would all be on. They'd be red hot. Oh, geez. Yikes. And Dad would do he would fuss at us. Oh, you turn those on. No, why, why would a teenage boy want to turn on a stove? <laughs> it's not like they're likely to cook or anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. It, it, stuff would, you'd set it down on the counter and find it later in the bathroom or mm-hmm. under the couch or whatever. And, and we just thought it was each other playing pranks on each other, but it really wasn't. We just told ourselves that it, it, help to take the edge off of things. Sure. Can I ask you a question about, you had mentioned that when you were plowing, you'd find headstones and, and bones and yeah. stuff. So what, what, let, walk us through, what would you do then? Would you just move the stone out of the field and keep going or, or how did that work? Well, well the stones were, were always kind of small. Uh, they had been polished at one time mm-hmm. and they'd have a name kind of carved out on them that you really couldn't make out because it, They'd been weathered, and and I really can't I can't say how long they'd been plowed sure. up or moved or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we would set them aside, and then later on, we would when we were done for the day, we'd try to gather them up and carry them back on the tractor, and we'd just set them over to the side over and, wow. and uh, move on. Now, it wasn't a huge number; it was just one or I'd say all told, maybe ten. Oh. But still, that's you know, that's potentially ten ten burial sites that were disturbed and and it it is yeah. it is. But the thing is, we had no real indication exactly where they were supposed to be. Mm, okay, because my grandfather had had worked that farm a long time before I came along, and my my aunts and uncles they did the same thing. So, and, and my dad, he told us that it's most likely they were just moved from somewhere else and thrown down there for whatever reason. Oh, but she okay. wasn't interested in finding out much sure. about it because we had we had to get the the field planted. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand, but that is, that is pretty intense. And and you know, there's there is the the belief that, of course, to disrupt a burial site is to you know, possibly activate hauntings and stuff as well. So that's why I'm just curious if that could be, uh, you know, maybe one of the causations. But anyway, it's just, it's more curiosity. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we felt the same thing. And and over the years growing up, you try to, which I tried to look into it a little bit, and I really couldn't find any records of anything mm-hmm. about it. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it was a, it was a thing that happened, mm-hmm. and um, you know it it was nothing to wake up in the middle of the night and hear it. We you know for the longest time I had a bedroom in our basement. Oh, okay. And for the longest time in the middle of the night I would hear some. You could hear my parents walking around upstairs doing their their thing, and and in the middle of the night you'd hear somebody walk with heavy steps, heavier than usual, through the house and down the stairs. And there was a landing at the bottom of the stairs right in front of my bedroom door that was just made out of wood where it was a final step before you ended up on the concrete. Okay. And I would hear them hit that. And then you could hear shuffling through the basement. You'd hear the basement door open and slam shut. 
And at first I thought, well, that's odd. It's uh, two or three o'clock in the morning. And why would dad be going outside? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so one night after I heard it, I walked around to the basement and checked the door and it was locked and shut. And I thought, well, I'll sit up and see if he knocks on the door to get back in. (laughs) We didn't have a key to that door. Oh, okay. And uh, nobody ever came back in. Wow. Oh. The next the next night I, that I heard the noise, I thought I'm gonna you know I'm gonna scare whoever this is. So <laughs> I turned off my bedroom light. Uh-huh. You know me, I'm about fourteen, fifteen years old, and you know I'm just I know everything. <laughs> I'm just gonna be really really sneaky, and I'm standing there at my bedroom door, and I hear the steps coming to the house. I turn off my bedroom light. Open well, I didn't open my door. I, I twisted the knob where I could just jerk the door open real fast. Mm-hmm. Had my hand on the light switch. And whenever I heard those steps at the base of the stairs, I jerked the door open and flipped on the light and said, Gotcha. <laughs> there wasn't nobody there to be got. Ooh. So, so how'd that <laughs> and feel? I, and I heard the shuffling through the basement. I just froze on the spot because I really <laughs> didn't know what to do at that point. And I heard the basement door open and slam. Wow. And I just slowly shut my bedroom door and locked the little <laughs> lock on the doorknob <laughs> and slept with my light on that night. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in now that's kind of curious because (laughs) as you're explaining it uh even though you jumped out and said gotcha it didn't stop the the phenomena right so i mean it it continued walking i'm sorry it it just carried on about its business whatever it was Right. So that makes me think, you know, could that have been a residual, just a, just an imprint of something that was replaying for whatever purpose? It could have, but the, the only reason that I, did, that I don't think it is, or it was, I don't even know if it still happens. I, okay. My dad still lives there. Okay. But um, it's because he was the one who built the house. Right. Now that is the curious part. Yeah. So there, there was nothing there before. Right. And, Later on, whenever I moved out and got married and had kids, I was living in my own place. We were we would experience things that would uh, happen the same, mm-hmm. not for a period of time, and then go away. Oh. And then it would be different things that we would see. And my wife and I both we we come to the conclusion that it was um, maybe. Uh, on a sort of a, to, to use a hunter's term, sort of a game trail type of a thing. Oh. It was on a route. Sure. And for whatever reason, things would, were just passing through. Mm-hmm. People and, and, and other things were just passing through. And, and it, I would experience things like this walking down the stairs where it was almost as if there was, no real 
um, consciousness there, for lack of a better phrase. Okay. That it was just replaying an event mm-hmm. over and over. And then there were other times when things were, were it was it was obvious that they were cognizant of exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And they would interact. Hmm. I, and one of the one of the stories I emailed you, and then I was still little, as six or seven, maybe maybe younger. I'm not entirely sure. My I'd slept upstairs, and whenever I got into the habit, whenever I was young, when I would get afraid, I would sneak in my parents' bedroom and crawl in between them, and then I wouldn't be afraid anymore, and I'd sleep there. Sure. <laughs> Well, my, my dad wasn't too happy about that. They didn't have a very large bed. And so whenever he would wake up and find me, he'd take me back to my room and put me in my own bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one particular night I had done that. And I was laying there and I was cold, but I didn't dare disturb the covers because I knew exactly what would happen. I'd <laughs> wake my dad up and he'd put me back in the dark room, you know. Sure. <laughs> And while I was laying there on my back, staring up the ceiling, trying to be still, hoping to go to sleep, I could hear, and it was it was real faint, but I could hear it sounded like a child uh, on a swing, going mm-hmm. wee wee wee, oh. and uh, it seemed to get louder. And, and I kept thinking, well, that must be uh, some kind of an animal. I, I thought I, an owl because you see on the movies where they always the kids always are outside and it's an owl and it scares everybody to death. They think the devil's coming to get them. Sure. Well, it, this, it kept getting louder and louder. And I noticed this, uh, small white, uh, it honestly, it, uh, appeared to me as though it were a, a, a puffy, not super bright white, but a off-white cloud descend from the ceiling slightly mm-hmm. and glide over to on top of the headboard, which we were laying with our heads at the feet of the bed. Oh, okay. And, and this thing was dancing around and all that stuff. And, and I was watching this and I was thinking, man, that looks like fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a small child. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I thought, man, that looks like fun. And this thing, it, it was almost as if it heard what I was singing because it stopped. <laughs> Turned and looked at me, giggled, and jumped into the air and did the, some kind of a somersault twisting thing and come right down through my chest. Oh, wow. Whenever, whenever it hit me, I lost my breath. And I, I can remember um, the pain in my chest. I can remember an intense headache. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I seized up and was shaking. Something woke my parents up because they turned and my mom screamed, turn on the light, turn on the light. And they raised me up and did the patting me on the back thing and saying my name. And mm-hmm. I think mom was slapping me in the face. And finally I got my breath back and and they said, oh, you stopped breathing. I know I didn't stop breathing. I'd never been asleep. I was laying there watching this thing the whole time. Wow. That's but whenever I told them what had happened, I was told, well, we just need to pray about that. Sure. And me being little, I thought, well, okay. Mm-hmm. What good is they going to do? <laughs> um, you know, it, sure. I'm not going to get an explanation. But over the years, as time went on, I kind of learned that those things exist, that they're actually here. Right, right. And they don't go away just because you choose to stop believing in them. Right. No, I agree. (laughs) When they want your attention, when they want your attention, you can try to ignore them all you want, but they will get your attention eventually. Mm -hmm. I know that that's uh, the advice some people give, and I don't know, maybe there's, maybe there's some credence to it, but, uh, um, there's, uh, those people that say, you know, if you're dealing with paranormal activity, ghostly activity and stuff, ignore it, don't acknowledge it at all. And you know, the, I think the idea is not that it makes them go away, but it makes them 
perhaps lose interest because they're not getting a reaction and it's not, yeah. you know, it's not feeding any need of them for perhaps validation, perhaps recognition for whatever reason. But, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't stop their existence. It just maybe might make them stop trying <laughs> and to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> yeah. We had, you know, I, I grew and got married and, moved out and we had a we were living in a single wide mobile home and mm-hmm. and you would hear things and you know footsteps when when you were the only one in the house you would hear footsteps and mm-hmm. occasionally you would hear a, an odd really faint voice and and by this time you know I'm kind of over it and I just I've got real world things going on sure, right. to, to just acknowledge it and say, okay, I know you're here, but now I've got other things I got to do. Now. <laughs> and you just go do them and, mm-hmm. and nothing all that dramatic. And I made the mistake of reading uh, the, uh, the, the, the old, the, the book, the, the Amityville horror. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and the way it worked out, I've been reading this thing. A page or two at a time, and and uh, and my wife and I had had this bed. We were laying in bed and had a little light on it. I loved that bed, but mm-hmm. I was sitting there late at night, and I was about to finish that book, and she had already gone to sleep. And I finished that book and laid it on the little table beside me, and I was propped up on my elbow, and I was sitting there looking at that book, thinking about the events that happened. Yeah, and. and uh, and heard a noise. And um, the odd thing was, when the kids were real little, we would have stuff happen. As I've had, I, I've had three kids, and mm-hmm. and uh, we had a lot of things happen whenever they were real little. And uh, for instance, uh, my daughter, I had a, a, a little toddler bed. There's a, a short, you know, little close to the floor, twin size mattress type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Where they roll off the bed, it, uh, they don't get hurt. Right. Yeah. And my youngest, he was still a baby. So I, we were there at the house, me, just me and the kids, and I'd work double shifts. And so I put my, my youngest boy to sleep, but give him his bottle, and we were laying there on the couch. And, and uh, I'd put a chain lock on the, the front door so the kids wouldn't be able to open it up because my oldest was tall enough that he could manipulate the doorknobs. I put the chain lock on and, and, and a dead bolt and then the, the knob lock. And I, I put that on so the kids couldn't get out. Well, I dozed off on this particular day with my baby boy in my arm. And the, the my, my daughter, my oldest son, they were playing around in the house. And they my daughter just had on a diaper and a T-shirt. And my little boy just had on shorts and a T-shirt. And... Mm-hmm. They had trucks and toys and things, and there was nothing there they could get into. I dozed off, and I woke up. And I woke up to my oldest boy tugging on my, my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, oh gosh, I didn't mean to go to sleep. I just was like, <laughs> dozed off. Sure. And I looked at him. I said, where's your sister? And, and she came walking out of her bedroom. In an Easter Sunday dress with her tights on and her little shiny shoes and her little hair bow in. Oh, my God. And I looked at my oldest son and I said, is Mama here? And he said, no. No, she just got, she just put on clothes. So I went through the house. I double checked the doors. There's nobody else there but me and, and the kids. And I went into her bedroom. Mm-hmm. And nothing was, everything was where it was whenever I <laughs> went to give my child his bottle. Wow. And I turned and looked and hanging in the trim at the top of the wall from a thumbtack that was not there before was a teddy bear oh that I had my daughter the year she was born. And it was one of those teddy bears with the ribbon around it that says uh, 1999. And this one had the month mm-hmm. and the year on it. And I thought, you know, it might be a nice gift. Well, this thing 
was hanging by the little plastic hook that they put on the back of these stuffed animals. Wow. On a thumbnail from the trim by the ceiling. Oh, man. And I got a little bit apprehensive about that. And I, <laughs> I called the kids in there and I said, who did this? And my daughter, she was still, she was really just learning to talk. Mm-hmm. So she really didn't have the words. She, The only thing she said was friend, my friend, my friend. Oh, my God. And, and wow. I called my son in there and I said, did you... Did you? Uh, there's no way they could have done it because sure. there's no ladders, furniture. There's nothing they could have climbed up on to get that high and and, and put that up there. Mm-hmm. But it was up. It was certainly up there. Man, that's that, was, that's pretty intense. I mean, that's a whole lot of activity. Uh, you well, know. it's it's indicative, and that that place. Uh, I would send the kids to my parents and so my wife and I could be alone mm-hmm. every now and then on the weekend and we'd have a little date night and, right. and stuff. And whenever the night I finished that book, it was one of those weekends. And, and while I was laying there looking at the book, I heard this sort of rumble kind of through the house, almost as if um, I – I don't want to say earthquake because it wasn't like an earthquake, but you could feel a, a physical vibration. Mm-hmm. And then you could hear that chain lock rattling, scraping the door. And I jumped up and ran in there because I thought somebody must be in the house. Right. And I thought, as I got in there, I could see that chain fully extended the length of the chain rotating clockwise around almost as if someone was holding it, moving. It did not lose momentum. It was just rotating around. And I said out loud, I said, oh, yeah, ha, ha, you really scared me. Now cut it out. (laughs) Okay. And it just stopped. I mean, it slowly stopped. It it, it lost momentum and got slack in it and just Mm -hmm. sat there. And I walked over. And tugged on the door to make sure it was locked, which all the locks were open. And I locked the chain and the tail <laughs> and the doorknob and, and went to the house, turning on the lights, checking under the beds and in the closets and everything because it's it's unnerving. Yeah. Wow. But it's not the end of the world. No. It, it, you know. It, it's certainly a lot to soak in, though. It is. <laughs> and and it, it was in that trailer I learned not to provoke or challenge. Right. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in we would have we would have stuff happen like you would hear a child giggling and there's no one in no one there but but me and my wife mm-hmm. and uh, i remember um early on i think i heard you say on another another um episode that uh that you weren't too sure about the the child. How could have uh, yes. a benevolent, right, uh, creator, deity, whatever you want to call God, mm-hmm. that created all this stuff? Leave a child that's innocent and blameless to wander around in in this. I would call it darkness, right? Yeah, and be afraid in, in this other and and. I actually, I, I agree with that, hmm. but you know, I think later on you said another another episode that well, apparently they're here, right? You know that it does happen. Well, we would hear kids, we would hear a child laughing, or a child, and, and from the voice you really can't tell, boy or girl, not not truly when they're really young. Sure, right. But uh, occasionally you would hear a, a child crying. Mm-mm. 
occasionally we would find toys set out that we had put up so because they made noise and we didn't want the kids to have them. Mm-hmm. Where, oh, I guess, you know, they want the toy that makes a noise and, well, they can't find it. Well, I guess we must have left that at grandma's. Oh. <laughs> so, that, <laughs> so you didn't have to listen to it, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah. But you would find that particular toy out in the middle of the room. That's intense. Or, not knowing how it got there. And, and what we did at first, we would set like a, a small truck mm-hmm. or toy out in the middle of the floor and, and just tell them, okay, if you want to play with something, here's you a toy. Okay. And, of course, you'd stand there and watch, and the thing wouldn't move, and you'd feel like an idiot. <laughs> and just leave it in there and go on about your business. Sure. <laughs> and we sat one night in our living room and watched one of these trucks roll down the hallway and back into the bedroom. And we looked at each other and didn't make a sound. And I got up and went back to the bedroom and slowly <laughs> shut the bedroom door <laughs> Turned on the hallway light. We went to our bedroom and shut the door and went to bed. (laughs) (laughs) So now I got to ask you, uh, you know, I know you, you kind of grew up with this stuff, but how about your wife? I mean, was this all brand new to her or did she had experiences prior as well? Um, well, I I think she, she always did have stuff happen, but not on this. Okay. Not on level when we first got married and, and we lived in that single wide we we really kind of got used to the interaction okay um we learned we learned how to do house blessings oh good okay we learned how to do house clearings mm-hmm. and we would periodically uh, do that to the house not to keep everything out just to keep out those things which intended harm. Right. Yeah. And we had only one situation where it was iffy whether it worked or not. And I'm convinced that was with a teenage being entity, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because this thing, it, it would run to the house in the middle of the night. <laughs> And it would scare the bejesus out of you because you'd wake up and you would hear, I've not seen anyone that could stand there and not jump or run whenever they hear footsteps racing towards them and they don't see anybody there. Yeah, that's creepy. Wow. (laughs) But this this thing, it loved to do that. (laughs) Or it would shut the... One of the French doors going into the bathroom, mm-hmm. it, and it would wait till you were just about ready to open your eyes when you woke up, and it would shut that door real hard. So it, you know, just here it come, boom, 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 slam. <laughs> you know, and it, it would do that on purpose. And mm-hmm. and I I would get the sensation that whatever this was was watching our reaction, mm-hmm. And just getting a real big knee-slapping happy time out of watching us just not really be be frightened, but just unnerved tremendously by this. Yeah. You know, there, there is that, though, too. And I've, I've often wondered that, too, because, I, you know, for whatever reason, some spirits just get stuck. But you you got to wonder, is is that how they entertain themselves? You know, just doing exactly what you just said. And I guess it makes sense. I probably would too, if I was just staring at a wall for, you know, hundreds of years. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're there, you can't change the TV channel. You can't turn on the radio and change the station. Yeah. Or and half the time, no one even acknowledges your presence. Right. So, yeah. You know, I'm here. I might as well do something. Let's, Let's freak them out. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> some of some of them can. They they do yeah, mess with can. TVs all the time. But yeah. Oh yeah. I got one yeah. one here that pops up every once in a while and does some weird things, but very rarely. But it happens. So yeah, that's strange. Very strange. But the reason I was asking is because you know, of course, when as you're relating these stories, I'm I'm most impressed by the matter of fact. You know that that you obviously have really learned to experience this but it sounds like you guys are experiencing it very gracefully like you know, uh, i'm sorry we're so we're so used to it, it yeah. it's not a it's it's not a, a it's no big deal <laughs> right it, it, and that's we've moved uh 
three times mm-hmm. since that single wide trailer. Okay. Each the first house we moved into after that, it it was a, it was another rental, mm-hmm. and um, it there was nothing there. Um, there was no presence there when we moved in. Oh, okay. And my wife and I both, we would talk about that. You know, there's nothing here. It it feels so cold uh-huh. and, and empty mm-hmm. because there's nothing here. Right. And it didn't take long until finally something showed up. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, whenever something showed up, it the the home actually seemed to get more inviting, more warm, right. and it felt comfortable. Oh, but cool. until we had something there, it was almost as if you're out in the deep end of the pool, in the dark, by yourself, mm-hmm. and you're perfectly fine. You're not drowning or anything, but, but you feel exposed. Right. No, I can appreciate that. That's that's very, very cool, and I and I respect that. I really do. That you guys are are, you know, you you've you've made a a space in your life for these experiences, and they're not freaking you out. They're not traumatizing you. You're just in those moments. I think that's very powerful. You just deal with it and and, yeah. and go on. You you can't really block all everything out mm-hmm. all the time because you come in contact with stuff. Yeah, and I believe everybody does, mm-hmm. and you can either accept it and and move forward, or or try to ignore it and hope it goes away. <laughs> and the bed covers, you know, every those. I think it was Don had said on one episode, yeah, yeah, those bed covers. They're the universal armor. <laughs> all things paranormal. Yeah, but that's not true. That, that's I, I, I provoked a a, a, a uh, an entity one night mm. with bed covers, and it proved to me that that was not the case. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're and it's funny though because we were laying in that bed, and she was asleep, mm-hmm. and I was laying there and couldn't really sleep. And I was looking out the window, and it was a full moon, and I was enjoying just you know, how bright the moon was. And I heard these these. Uh, kind of sliding footsteps in the kitchen. And, and I raised up and looked through the bedroom door down to the kitchen and, and could see what appeared to me to be an older woman, maybe in her 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. And it looked like she had on a, a kind of a flannel nightgown, one of those neck-to-the-floor type things. Sure. And those little, her, every foot, every step she made, she had those those old slippers that, that my grandmother wore whenever she'd go to bed. Mm-hmm. And her hair was salt and pepper, and it looked like it had been brushed, and it was down on her shoulders. It wasn't real long, and she was just walking towards the bedroom slowly. Mm-hmm. And I looked, and, and there was no malice coming from this person. Right. It was, it, she was just there, and she was just I guess just coming to see us. I, I'm not sure, but right. She, and I said, "Oh, it's you." Oh, okay, and I just lay <laughs> back down. <laughs> and, it is, and I could hear in my head. I could hear hear this this voice that said, "Oh, it's just me." <laughs> and, I, and I raised back up. Now I set the door. I said, "Yeah, but you can't hurt me." <laughs> and I laid down, pulled the covers up, and and. I could hear it. I mean, it sounded like, like like anybody's grandmother with a big grin on her face said, why do you think that? Uh, now, plainly, I said out loud, I said, because I'm in bed under the covers. <laughs> and everybody knows, and, and I'm not kidding, that's exactly what I told this thing. Everybody knows that when you're under the covers, nothing can hurt you. And this woman, she says, I can hurt you if I want to. I said, no, you can't. No, you can't. Oh, and I felt this kind of vibration in the floor again. And I, I turned and looked at the doorway and she was gone. Hmm. And so I closed my eyes and laid my head down and snuggled down into the covers again. 
And I heard her voice, I can get you if I want to. And I was thinking, no, you can't. And I opened my eyes and looked up at the ceiling to see her face coming down at me. Oh, and she said, see? <laughs> and it scared me to death. I jumped and woke my wife up. And she said, what's wrong? And I told her. And she said, you idiot. You know not to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I said, yeah, I know, but it's been done. And so we I finally went to sleep. And I woke up the next morning. I could not open my right eye. It was swollen shut. Ooh, wow. I had a, a horrible, the worst sore throat I've had in my life. Ooh. And had a fever and all this stuff. And she said, you're going to the doctor. Well, she made me go to our doctor. And I went to the doctor. And they did throat cultures. And they took samples and and all that stuff. And she put me on a prescription for a Z pack and some medication for these special eye drops. And, mm-hmm. and I sit there and waited and waited and waited. And finally she, she said, well, I'll have to call you with your results. And if I have another prescription, I'll send it to the pharmacy, but get out of here. Okay. And I did. And I got a phone call a little later that day. And she said, you need to go home and lay down and rest. You've got a slight case of pink eye, and you, you've got a terrible case of mono. Oh. And you need to go to the, go to the pharmacy. Get you. She, she sent me a bunch of prescriptions. So I sat there at the house for nearly a week waiting on my eye to sweat, my swelling, my eye to go down. <laughs> Taking Z-Pack. All because I, 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 I provoked this thing. Wow. And my wife, you know, she's chiding me the whole time. I told you so, you idiot. <laughs> I told you, you know not to do that. Yeah. But it's, but it's, uh, it, but there was no malice there. It, it was not, oh, this thing's going to drag me to hell. Sure. It was, I told this thing it had a limitation, which it clearly did not have. <laughs> and it wanted to show me that I was being arrogant and misled. Wow. <laughs> and it did. And it taught me a very valuable lesson. But you live and learn. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you field testing that theory because now we can we can go forward and say, nope, that doesn't work. Never mind. <laughs> no, don't don't do that. No, not with one that absolutely wants to prove itself. Oof. Yeah. Or wants to put you in your place because they will. They'll they'll put you in your place. The only thing that I found, um, um, it, it, uh, whatever it is that, that actually really fully intends to do you serious harm. Mm-hmm. One of the tools that I've used is is just regular salt. Yes. You want to create a safe space. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for instance, that every night you go to sleep, you feel <laughs> some uh, you feel a hand uh, putting pressure on you, or pulling the covers, or mm-hmm. or whatever. You're afraid to lay down and afraid to go to sleep. You can bless your room, or if you you really don't, there's people that don't feel comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. You can also use just plain table salt um, it, across the threshold of the door yeah. and the windowsill, anywhere you think something might come in. Mm-hmm. Or you can put a salt circle around your bed if you're if you're really frightened. Right. Yep. And whether the salt is, is a purifying agent, which I think it is actually. Mm-hmm. Um. It could be the uh, the the power that you give that physical salt line through yeah. your own intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works. It just works. It works, and, and you know, and we get flack from family members too, or we used to in okay. the early days. <laughs> you know, my, my father-in-law, he's a Vietnam combat vet, and. Mm-hmm. He's seen and done all this stuff, and we were trying to he'd hear us talk about some experiences. Oh, that's all in your mind. That stuff don't happen. I've seen all these things, and he has. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he has. And then uh, my wife, she had had a, a ectopic pregnancy and and had some serious internal damage, and and had emergency surgery. Oh no, we, we about lost her, and that happened twice, but. Oh, man. I get her back home, and her mother and my father-in-law came down to stay with us while she was getting back on her feet. Mm-hmm. So I could leave her and go to work and, and everything. And one particular day, 
she had been sitting up and she was tired. She wanted to go lay down. And uh, her mother had walked her into the bedroom and put her in the bed and, and asked her, do you want me to stay in here with you a while till you fall asleep? And, and my wife told her, no, there's no need. We're never alone here. <laughs> okay. and, and my mother-in-law looked at her and said, now, sis, you know that's all in your head. That 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 don't really happen. <laughs> it was about that time, there's that same little vibration. This is all at that single wide trailer we first lived Mm-hmm. It's the same little vibration. The reading lights on the headboard flickered, even though they had been shut off. Oh. The light overhead flickered, even though the switch was off. The TV at the foot of the bed came on and then <laughs> shut off. The computers, we had an old gateway desktop computer. It came on. Wow. The monitor came on and it booted up. And the printer came on and then did its little noise thing. And then it shut off, and the alarm clock radio started making this buzzing sound, and then quit. Man. She looked at her mom and said, see, you're never fully alone. <laughs> did, that make, did that make mom a believer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, yeah. They uh, they didn't stay too long that night. <laughs> that, 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 I guess it was a weekend. Okay. They, they were happy to get back home. <laughs> I, I mean, even here in our current house, we've been here about five years now. Mm-hmm. And, and we've we've told them some of the things we've had happen here. Some of them funny, some of them scary. But my father-in-law, he don't really believe in that stuff. I'm back around Christmas. Where we live, we have some people that put out some really impressive light displays. Okay. They come down to visit, and uh, it. We waited till it got dark, and we were going to take them out because my mother-in-law loves those light displays. Oh, father-in-law didn't want to go. So me, my wife, my mother-in-law, and my youngest son, who's now twenty, mm-hmm. get in the truck and we go and we drive her around, and we were gone for about an hour and a half looking at these light displays. I think we went and we picked up some dinner through through the drive-thru, and and we came back. And whenever we walk into the house, my son walks in ahead of everybody. The father-in-law raises up and says, were you just upstairs? And he says, no, I went with them. Well, somebody's upstairs then. So we run upstairs, look, and there's nobody up there. (laughs) He comes back down, and I said, what did you hear? Well, I heard somebody walking around. I heard some some something up there. One of the closet doors slammed shut. I, I just knew he was up there. <laughs> and and my mother in law told him. She said, "Honey, no, they they that stuff like that happens here." <laughs> <laughs> so that is cool. You made a believer out of mom, and I think I think dad re- yeah. reluctantly believed, but. Yeah. I know the type, and that's okay. I mean, everybody comes to it in their own time and in their own way, but I, I think you're right. I think this stuff is all around us, but it, it is. That's incredible, brother. I, You know, I know we're going to have to get you back on. Um, I can tell you've got a lot more road to cover yet, and uh, we've reached about a, about about an, almost an hour. Oh, really? <laughs> the time flies on the portal, brother. <laughs> I've been rattling on like an old Dodge truck. No, that's what that's what I love though. I love the experiences. I love what you're bringing to the table. Uh, I'm really impressed with how how um, you know you guys have found a, a rhythm and a, and a balance with this because obviously this is going to be a part of your life. And uh, for whatever reason, whether you guys are somehow inadvertently drawing it to you or just that, you know, maybe a resonance thing, maybe, uh, you know, for whatever reason, these these beings, these people have decided to be a part of your world. And the fact that you're that you guys are so peaceful and, and matter of fact about it, um, I, I think is so powerful. And, and I know I'm learning just listening to you, uh, you know, how to do that gracefully. So. Uh, I hope you'll I hope you'll come back and and uh, take us further down this road. Oh, absolutely, anytime. Okay, well, Bobby, thank you so much for making the time tonight. I know it's kind of a kind of a, uh, a sharp ending here, but we were literally almost at the hour mark, and it's like, wow, this time has flown. Um, is are you are you investigating at all, or are you just living with this thing with with this these phenomena? 
Well, we 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 actually take each experience. Mm-hmm. There's some that happen um, regularly. We have interactions with things regularly that we're that we're used to. Okay. Whether it's the same things coming back or things just like I, I don't know, but mm. but we do have new things that happen okay. that feel different, mm. that don't feel uh, comfortable. Oh. And stuff, and, and I do look into those okay. as much as I can, but but it's not uh, nothing's ever completely static and locked in. Hmm. It's almost as if these these things just they come and and go as though they're traveling almost. Wow, that is really cool, and I and I'm I'm going to put some thought into that because that's it does seem it does seem almost like a portal or something is you know just by the the way you describe and the variety of, of experiences and the variety of uh, quote unquote personalities that you're encountering. I think that I, I think a lot of it has to do with, with, um, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to get too, too technical. Sure. And I don't want to get into, you know, I, I don't want to start to sound like I'm, I, I don't want to sound like I'm making stuff up, but I, I think it has a lot to do with, how each individual resonates. Mm-hmm. I, and, would, and I would. I would agree. I think, I think it's how the spiritual world or this non-physical realm actually sees mm-hmm. people and things and places. How they resonate, what frequency, their whatever biorhythm, life force. So I think it's the attractant. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think it's it's definitely something to do with you guys. Um, because of the the fact that you've changed location, and yet the phenomena returns and returns, so it's definitely a resonance with you guys. But it's very cool, and and I know you've got a lot more stories to tell. So we're definitely going to oh, get you back on, and and we'll we'll keep going until you run out of things to say. <laughs> well, I, I can't wait. I I'm just I'm so excited to be able to be on the show, mm. and I thoroughly enjoy uh, you and Don both, and and. I really enjoy the podcast. I really do. And and I can't tell you what it means to be a part of it. Well, it's, it's the honors all mine, sir. And thank you so much. I'll be in touch and we'll line up another time, but thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, uh, check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>